Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Welcome back to Mommy's on the Call. Today, I'm excited to bring to you Kelly Roach. Kelly is a former Fortune 500 executive and NFL cheerleader turned eight-figure entrepreneur, best-selling author, business strategist, and coach known for creating the Unstoppable Entrepreneur and the Live Launch Method. She's also the co-founder of The Courageous Brand, a podcast host, and above all, a mom to a lovely daughter. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I wanted to start off by asking, what is your biggest mom win of the week? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say biggest mom win is that I've been having in-depth discussions with my seven-year-old Madison about starting her own business. So I'm very excited that she is having her eyes open to the world of entrepreneurship. Now, was that a seed planted by you or was she like looking to see like, oh, I want to do this and what type of business? A little bit of both. She's been telling me that she wants to have her own store recently. That's been a a big theme. But of course, you know, I run another company called The Courageous Brand and the whole focus is instilling courage and confidence and leadership skills in young girls. So she's kind of been indoctrinated into the world of thinking she can do anything, which I think is a great thing for all little girls. So a little bit of a mix of both. What type of shop does she want to like launch an apparel store? She wants to sell things and do nails. So, you know, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> and, and YouTube videos. So we're, we're, we're working our way through that. Yes. That's incredible. Well, I know you have a seven-year-old daughter, but give a little bit of context for the audience about your family structure. So what yeah. does, you know, do you have a partner? What does that dynamic look like? And what are the roles that you play? Because I mean, you're an eight-figure entrepreneur. I know you run so many different companies. And so what does that look like at home? Yeah, definitely. Well, we are very blessed to have a really awesome home life. I've been with Billy, my husband now for 15 years, and we made the decision really early on. We didn't know who it was going to be, but we said one of us is going to be home, you know, with the family. And at that time we weren't sure, you know, we were both working. I was in my fortune 500 job. He was in his job. And, you know, once my business took off and things started progressing in that way, we just kind of knew this was the right thing. So we have been so blessed and so lucky that he has been able to really be the at-home parent since the day she was born. And for me, running my companies from home, we've both been able to be just like a really present part of the family unit and everything for my daughter since birth really. So I'm super lucky because I have a great support system and we're a really strong team. And, you know, he runs a lot more of the the at-home stuff. You know, I, I run the companies obviously, and we really partner on everything related to Madison. 
That's incredible. So let's step back a bit. What, at what point did you have your daughter in building your company? So, you know, you were fortune 500. Did you have your daughter when you were already launched your now company or was it before? Like, how did that all play in? I literally got my first like five clients. And then I found out I was pregnant with Madison (gasps) and I, and it was implanted. So we were like, Holy crap. Okay. I mean, like, obviously we were planning on having a family. We just weren't planning on like getting pregnant in that moment. Right. It never happens at the time that you think is like perfect timing. So I was like, okay, wow, this is going to be nuts. Right. But it it just really gave me an opportunity at that point. I was still working full time. I was building my business on the side. Now I find out I'm pregnant and it was really an opportunity to go really deep thinking about like, what do we want our life to look like? And for me starting a business, I was breastfeeding, you know, up every couple hours doing all of that. And then also working full time, I had to really get super disciplined about what I was doing in the business, how I was building the business, where I was spending my time. And I always say the things that you think are the biggest setbacks are always the biggest setup because for me, I went many years, never even having to work 40 hours a week in my business. And it allowed me to be able to put my family first, even while building, you know, this big company, because I never had the luxury of wasting time. I had to be so clear and so focused on exactly what I was doing with every moment because I had so little time that that discipline then carried over. And I think that's a big part of the reason why we are where we are as a company today. So I wanted to go back and take a snapshot of that time, because I feel like there are a lot of moms out there who have these ambitions, who want to start something and then they have their kid and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm not sure. Especially even having the time discipline, figuring out what to do in those pockets, like walk me through kind of how that looked with you had five clients, you had a baby. How did you kind of structure that? And how, like, did you also have additional childcare? You know, what did you spend your time on in order to build it? Because not a lot of moms out there can foresee seven years from now, I'm going to have like an almost billion dollar company or a hundred million dollar company in seven years after just having a baby, but you did that. So let's go back to the beginning because I want to know all the dirty details. So for sure. So the, the most important thing is recognizing that you don't need to be all things to everyone at all times. A lot of business owners think that they have to be everywhere all the time. They have to be online all the time. They have to work 80 hours a week. They have to do all these things to build a successful company. And the key thing that that most entrepreneurs miss is they don't really understand the difference between being busy and being productive. And I know that sounds very elementary, but I have coached thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs to six and seven figures. And the the big distinction between the vast majority of entrepreneurs and the ones that really thrive, whether they have five kids or three kids or they're working full-time or whatever it is, is understanding what profit-producing activities are. And profit-producing activities are the things that are going to attract, nurture, or convert paying clients into your business. There are 95% of what most people spend their time on is never going to attract, nurture, or convert a lead. People spend a year on their website, and then they go around in circles about their niche for three years, and then they work on their branding and their photos and their this and their that. 
And I'm not saying that any of those things don't play a role in your business, but those are not the things that are ultimately going to attract, nurture, and convert. So I always say, (laughs) lift up your mic. I always say that the most important thing to build and grow your business, especially if you are a busy mom with competing priorities and a lot of chaos going on at home, which who isn't, okay, is spending time behind the microphone. So that would be going live, doing podcast interviews, doing TV appearances, doing joint live streams with other business owners, collaborating, doing summits, speaking. And the thing that's so crazy, like, is is that we get to do all this from our own home. I used to do TV appearances where I would go into the stations. Since coronavirus, I literally, this morning, I had a TV appearance from my home office. Like how crazy is this world that we live in that literally your, your child, and I can't even tell you the number of launches and live streams that Madison has literally just been sitting on my lap. She started coming in my office with me when she was a baby. Now she like, doesn't even want to hang out anymore. She's seven. She's like, you know, whatever. I've been there, done that mom. But when she was little, she wanted to be with me all the time. Right. She would literally sit with me during launch. She would come with me on every content day that I did. She would be with me on all of my videos. So I think the other big thing, and I know this is a long answer to your question, but I think this can add a lot of value for people. A lot of moms think that it's unprofessional or that people won't take them seriously if they include their kids in the business or if they have imperfection happening when they are either going live or doing a launch or whatever the case. And what I always tell my clients is people want to do business with people. And they so on. So all you're doing is showing them that whatever you're selling them can be done, regardless of the fact that they have a family, that they have other priorities, etc. So it actually makes your product more viable to show that you can do what you're doing imperfectly versus someone that seems like they have it all together. And they're like, oh my gosh, but that's not me. That's not what my life looks like. And then they feel like it's not possible for them. So it's actually reverse psychology. Like it's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. Cause I was going to say people see like the Instagram life or whatever that is. I mean, and in the corporate world, it's a little different. Like I know a lot of women who have gone out to fundraise at VC firms and they've brought their kid and instead it does the opposite. So it makes women very fearful, but that's also like not a thing that you also want to pass on to your kids too, especially having a daughter being like, Oh no, protect that side of you. Don't show that you're a mom. Don't show that because then, you know, people won't want to fund your business or anything. So I love that you incorporated her because now she can see in the future, like, wow, I was part of building my mom's business. Oh, for sure. And I think the other thing is, is that you have to realize that the world of entrepreneurship is different than corporate. You know, it never would have been acceptable for me to be able to have my daughter on my lap. I was a fortune 500 executive. Right. So, you know, I couldn't have brought my daughter to the boardroom with me or sat in on those meetings like that would not be acceptable. But you have to realize part of the reason that you're becoming an entrepreneur is so that you can create your own life. And part of your life is your family. Hopefully the biggest part of your life is your family. So I think having them be a part of what you do is everything. So you had your full time job. You had your few clients and you had your daughter. How did that transition go in terms of the conversations you had of leaving that stability? Because I know there are a lot of moms out there too, that are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And then they have their kid in their arm. They're like, well, but we have our health benefits. We have all of this. How did you make that decision? And how did that transition look? Cause some people are also fearful. Like we have a kid, we have finances, we have all of this. So how did you set yourself up? So you felt comfortable transitioning. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is that I am a firm believer in having your day job 
fund your dream business. It's why I started my business on the side. You know, I had worked really, really hard for a 10 year period to get promoted and, and work my way up in corporate. And I didn't want to just walk away from that. And I also didn't want to spend our savings to fund getting my business off the ground. So, you know, I did build my business on the side while I was working for, you know, multiple years. And I'm really glad that I did. And the reason that that helped us so much is I was able to invest in building my team. I was able to invest in advertising, building infrastructure, really setting things up in such a way that we can create the level of income and abundance that we want in our life versus what a lot of people do, which is they, they just walk away and then they realize really quickly, oh my gosh, it takes almost two years a lot of times to get a business profitable. And by that point, a lot of people, unfortunately, have blown through their savings, they've blown through their emergency fund, and now they're making scarcity decisions, which tend to keep them stuck. What did your typical day look like then if you were trying to do all these coaching clients? Like, what did your hours look like? complete insanity. So I started my day at five every day. And usually from five to seven, I would do content creation. I would do social media. I would do all of the kind of creation related things for the business, take care of my daughter, go into work, work until lunch, take a lunch break, do sales calls, do consultations on lunch, come home, see my daughter, see my husband, take a break. And then I would serve clients from like seven until nine o'clock at night, every night. So it was a very long day. It was a lot of sacrifice. It was a lot of hard work, but I had a huge vision, right? I mean, I run an eight-figure company now and I have three other companies, two of which I just launched this year that are almost to the million-dollar mark. They'll probably finish the year at the million-dollar mark. So when you have a big vision, being willing to sacrifice in the short term to achieve what's important to you in the long term, I think is always the way to go. I've always kind of played a long game with everything that I've done. I realized that nothing great happens overnight, but I also knew that this was temporary, right? So I think that's the key because sometimes when you look at something like that, you're like, oh my God, I can't deal with it. I can't do it. But it's like, but can you do a year of a really hard schedule that's going to spring forward your life for the rest of your life? Like, that's really the question, right? Right. Were there any people or things that you outsourced or hired besides for your actual business? Actually, two questions. One, who was the first team member you hired for your company? And then did you hire any help at home, whether it's help like cooking, whatever that is, were there any things that you outsourced and was your husband still working at the time? Yeah. Oh no. My husband was not working. So like from the point that we had my daughter, he was home full time. We've always had someone helping cleaning the house. We had people help cooking. I mean, we, we had so much help. And, and again, I worked full time so that I could afford to surround myself with the right support system that would enable us to get to where we were trying to go, right? I knew my time was best spent with my daughter and building my business and providing for the family. And so Billy and I kind of melded our strengths and what we were each going to do to say, okay, where are we trying to go with our family? What's our best path to get there? But you can't do it alone. I hired help in the business right away, hired a VA, then I hired interns, and then I very quickly started hiring full-time people. That's amazing. So what does your typical day look like now? And do you have any allocated time for self-care? So like, what does your day look like? And do you have a morning routine? What does that look like to keep yourself sane with now four businesses is this and two podcasts? And I mean, I just see your resume and it's exhausting. And so I'm wondering, (laughs) how do you nurture yourself? 
Yeah. Yeah. So my life looks very different today than it did before. You know, I typically wake up in the morning, obviously get my daughter breakfast, get myself situated. I usually do a walk for like an hour to an hour and a half every morning. So that's kind of my me time. That's my self-care time. I think I meditate. I pray, I go up to the beach, you know, all those things, get my steps in. And then I come back, get ready for the day. And then I'm basically, you know, usually on camera for the rest of the day, whether I'm on with the team, doing PR, doing podcasting, live streaming, teaching, training, coaching, you know, whatever it is. And I usually wrap up at five dinner with the family, spend some time with them. I might do some check-in things with the team at night, but I would say my schedule is the least aggressive that it's probably been in my entire working career now. And that's, you know, again, a result of many, many years of sacrifice and really long hours and really grueling schedule to finally get to a place where I have systems, I have people, I have the right team. I have lots of clients. It's just a different game now. That's amazing. Do you actually schedule time for yourself or do you just like, have? okay. Yeah, I do. I have to, I mean, I have to, you go, you won't make, you can't, you can't make it to the eight figure mark unless you prioritize self-care. Like you won't make it. I, I tell people this all the time. They're like, what's the key? I'm like, the key is staying in the game. And you won't stay in the game unless you figure out how to protect your mental health and your physical health. And that's like this, right? Because when you're a high achiever, you're go, 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 go. It's constantly this push and pull of you're trying to get everything done. You're trying to take care of yourself. You're trying to take care of your family. You're trying to make sure that you're not falling apart. It's not like an easy thing where it's just like, oh, I have this wonderful self-care routine and it's easy for me. No, it's not like that. But it, it's it's having an intention around self-care because you understand that if you don't focus on that, you're not going to make it long-term. Right. So you said something interesting. You just scaled a couple businesses to the almost $1 million mark in the last year, and your business has grown like crazy. What do you think have been the key, like the top three things you did in those in order to get to that point? Because that's fast, like one year to turn a business to, you know, a million dollars or whatnot. Any, like, what are any tangible tips for that? So, you know, I would say four things. Number one, people, the right people. So you can't do it alone, right? So number one is people. Number two is systems, right? Building an infrastructure that allows you to sell, serve, and deliver consistently and create predictable outcomes for both your clients and and your bottom line. So that's two. Three is focusing on filling a gap in the market. When I started these two new businesses, I saw a gap in the market and I was like, this is a wide open space. I knew exactly who we were going to serve, how we were going to serve them, how our angle was unique in the market. And I was just like, boom, like a loser. We just went in for it. And it was an obvious win. It was like a setup because I had the experience behind me of what works and what doesn't work and going through all the experiences, the ups, the downs, all the failures to be like, okay, this is a clear, obvious path. Like we need to go for it. So systems, people filling the gap. And then it's what I already told you, which is mic time. You know, it's, it's spending your time intentionally on things that attract, nurture and convert. That's it. Right. I think that's interesting because a lot of people, I think they look to fill a gap too. So on your point number three, but what they don't do is the actual actions and the work to yeah. do that and to learn from the failures. Like you're able to do this because I think, because you've had the past of trying different things and seeing what works and doesn't. And I think like one big differentiator is people see a need 
but then they're like afraid to act on it or they're afraid when they fail to like reiterate. So that's like a clear path. So I wanted to kind of switch over to your daughter and like what you're also doing in empowering girls and, you know, mother daughter kind of, I guess you have that mother daughter bond on building leaders and building entrepreneurship. So back when you were starting, how, besides having her sit on your lap or whatnot, have you involved your daughter in your business? Yeah. I mean, everything, you know, she has watched me build this company from nothing. I mean, when she was born, it was nothing. So like she has been at almost every content day, she watches the schedule. I explain to her what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I explain, you know, we just moved to Florida and bought our dream house. And I explained to her, you know, when you see me on camera and you see me launching, like that's how I paid for this. Like, you know, it's, it's making connections in her mind of helping her understand like cause and effect right? Input, output. And I think one of the things my husband and I have been really intentional about with her is really taking the time to like thoughtfully explain life principles to her. And that might sound very basic, but I feel like for a lot of us growing up, like there were a lot of conversations that maybe weren't had that you're like, but why didn't anyone teach me this stuff? Like this is, this is the life education that you need. I think life education is as important as formal education. So I think we've just been super intentional about taking every opportunity to make it a learning experience and to make sure that we're providing the education behind it. And about the entrepreneurship aspect, how have you kind of instilled any of those values and what sort of, I guess, skills or tips do you have if people want to, if mom's out there, want to encourage their children to have a more entrepreneurial mindset, what can they do with their kids? Yeah, absolutely. Well, follow your dreams. That's the first thing I always tell moms. Being happy and fulfilled is the best way to help your kids be happy and fulfilled. Them watching you become the person that your dreams require is a piece of showing them that they can accomplish their dreams. And so I think a lot of moms have a huge sense of guilt around following their dreams and setting goals and prioritizing themselves. And when you're not happy because you're suppressed and you're not actually fulfilling your purpose, you can't hide that. That shows through. So I always tell moms like be and model for your girls what you want them to believe for themselves. And the other thing is, is a lot of this isn't taught. And that's why Amy and I created the Entre Girls Leadership Academy. The academy is literally focused on every month teaching lessons that Amy and I teach on camera to girls, basically ages seven to 13, about being on camera, about uh, speaking your mind, about being a leader, about understanding, you know, what it means to be able to negotiate. Like, I mean, we go through all of these things that kids are going to need to be equipped with in life that are kind of the stuff that they never learn in school. Wow. Teaching that to young girls. How do you come up with like the stories or the curriculum for that? And like, what are some of the ways you've like taught your life lessons? Because I'm just curious, like there are big topics, like trying to explain to my six-year-old about money management or just personal finance, or even those type of stuff. It's like, it's a big topic. And even, I mean, a lot of adults don't quite understand them. So how do you make that? It's just breaking it down into simple examples, right? So it's just really thinking of a simple example that they can understand And it's building habits, right? Like my daughter, every time she has to get on the iPad, I'm like, did you read for 30 minutes today? 
right? So like it's, it's building habits. And now she's in the habit that she'll go and do that before I even ask, because she knows she's not going to be able to do anything else until the reading is set, right? So it's just, it's, it's little habits like that, right? Yeah. So going back, you do all of this stuff. Was there ever a point where you're like, I just, I'm, I want to quit or I want to take a step back or like, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. And how did you kind of push through that? Cause I feel like a lot of moms get to that point and self-care aside, but just like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I think constantly. (laughs) No, I mean, I think that's a natural human emotion. I think that in the course of a week, it is overwhelming. Like running a business is a lot. Managing a family is a lot. For me, it's just remembering your why. It's remembering your why. It's knowing what are you here to do? What is the why behind that? And staying connected to a sense of purpose. And when you get overwhelmed, it's like, take a step back, break it down. A lot of times overwhelm is actually disorganization. And so it's really getting organized, breaking it down in a systematic way, figuring out priority one, priority two, priority three, and just putting one foot in front of the other. So what is your why? My why is to help pave the path to financial freedom for people around the world. You know, for me, I actually got into business because I came from a family environment where we struggled immensely, even to put food on the table and pay bills at the end of the month. And so, you know, I saw entrepreneurship as a vehicle for helping others to be in control of their destiny. And so my mission is to empower other people to learn the skills of entrepreneurship and that the skills of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial mindset, leadership, sales, marketing, business, they apply whether you're going to be getting a job or whether you're going to be going out on your own. But the bottom line is, is you can create financial freedom both as an employee or as an employer. But if you don't understand those habits and skills, it's never going to happen. So for me, it's all about how do I empower people to have the skill set, the mindset, the tool set to be able to go out and to create financial freedom for themselves. You said like you saw entrepreneurship as the way to financial freedom. Who was that inspiration or where did you see entrepreneurship in your life that inspired you as a quote, a daughter? Yeah, I really didn't. To be honest, I never had a dream of being an entrepreneur. It was never my goal to be an entrepreneur. It was my goal to be a corporate executive. And that's exactly what I did. I got in the door. I was promoted seven times in eight years. I was in the boardroom. I was on the planes and I was in the the fancy suits and doing all the things on paper. And I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. And I was like, let me really think about what I want out of life. And that was freedom and fulfillment and financial abundance. And I just got really clear that for me personally, and this is not the case for everyone, but for me personally, that I was going to have to go out and create that. I was not going to go find a job where someone handed me on a silver platter, all of those things. And so for me, entrepreneurship presented itself as the solution to a problem, not necessarily this like aspirational thing that I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur, if that makes sense. And I'm curious, how did you get your first few clients? I actually signed up. Well, this is a great lesson for everyone. I signed up for a coaching program immediately because investing in yourself is the best investment you can ever make. And I got my first client actually by being a case study on my coach's live stream. 
big lesson for everyone. So number one, investing in yourself is always the best investment that you can make. And number two, no matter how much experience or knowledge you think that you have, go find someone who is doing what you want to do and link arms with them. So from that, then I got a client because it was someone else that was working full-time. So I had told my story about how I was working full-time and I was building clients on the side and blah, blah, blah. And someone came to me that was like, I'm working full-time and I want to learn how to build a business on the side as well. And then someone else that I met at that live stream started telling me about Facebook ads. So I immediately was like, ah, okay, this is the rocket fuel for visibility. Started running Facebook ads, immediately started generating clients from that. So you have to get out there. You have to meet people. You have to network. You have to, you know, engage in education. You have to invest in yourself. And and that then opens up the door, opens up the door, opens up the door for what comes next. I think that's important is to, you're right, invest in yourself. Like, I don't think I'd be where I am today without mentors or without investing in programs or things, because it's a lot, it's not just about the knowledge you learn, but it's about the people you meet because you're aligning yourselves with people who are ambitious or who have those same kind of like directional, like in goals. And so it's like, I always say, like, I also pay for accountability too, uh-huh. because it's like, once you put money on something, it's like, you feel more accountable. So sure. I love that. Well, to wrap things kind of up, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is your mom's superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you better at business or life? Oh gosh. My mom had so many superpowers. I really, my mom was the best mom. Well, I would just say she put us first and she always really focused on pouring into us and helping us to believe in ourselves and helping us to know that we were loved and, and encouraging us to be the best that we could be. And I absolutely think that that carried over to me and now has carried over to Madison, but also just the love of reading that has been such a huge catalyst for me in my life. And now I see that carrying over to Madison. So I think being just a selfless giving, loving, generous person absolutely has byproducts that, that span the ages. Yeah. And where can we find you online? Cause I know you kind of rebranded. So where can we find you? Yes. Well, I would say, come hang out with me on Instagram. It's Kelly Roach official. You can definitely hit me in the inbox. Just come say hi, say what's up. And the website is kellyroachcoaching.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.